Good morning, friends. Today is Friday. It's the 18th of December, 2020. It's hard to believe that Christmas is next week. What a strange season this has been. Today is an ember Friday. Our readings for today are Psalms 40 and 54, Isaiah 10, 5 through 19, 2 Peter 2, 17 through 22, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 15. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the skies rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation may spring up, and let it cause righteousness to sprout up also. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence, and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our God and Savior now draws near. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God, a great ruler above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Our God and Savior now draws near. O come, let us worship. Psalm 40, 
I waited patiently for God. God inclined to me and heard my cry. God drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. God put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. Happy are those who make God their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false, after false idols. You have multiplied, O oh my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O oh God, I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O oh God, withhold your mercy from me. In your steadfast love and your faithfulness, keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O God, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my heart. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is God. As for me, I am poor and needy, but God takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Psalm 54 Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For the insolent have risen against me. The ruthless seek my life. They do not set God before them. But surely God is my helper. God is the upholder of my life. God will repay my enemies for their evil. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O God, for it is good. For God has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 10. Verses 5-19 through 19. Ah, Assyria, the rod of my anger, the club in their hands is my fury. Against a godless nation I send them, and against the people of my wrath I command them, to take spoil and seize plunder, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. But this is not what they intend, 
nor does they have this in mind, but it is in their heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few. For they says, are not my commanders all rulers? Is not Calno like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arpad? Is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has reached to the dominions of the idols, whose images were greater than those of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall I not do to Jerusalem and her idols what I have done to Samaria and her images? When God has finished all their work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, they will punish the arrogant boasting of the ruler of Assyria and their haughty pride. For they says, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and my wisdom, for I have understanding. I have removed the boundaries of peoples and have plundered their treasures. Like a bull I have brought down those who sat on thrones. My hand has found, like a nest, the wealth of the peoples. And as one gathers eggs that have been forsaken, so I have gathered all the earth. And there was none that moved a wing or opened its mouth or chirped. Shall the axe vaunt itself over the one who wields it? Or the saw magnify itself against the one who handles it? As if a rod should raise the one who lifts it up, or as if a staff should lift the one who is not wood. Therefore, the sovereign, God of hosts, will send wasting sickness among the stout warriors of Assyria, and under God's glory a burning will be kindled, like the burning of fire. The light of Israel will become a fire, and God's holy one a flame, and it will burn and devour God's thorns and briars in one day. The glory of God's forest and God's fruitful land, God will destroy both soul and body. And it will be as when an invalid wastes away. The remnant of the trees of their forest will be so few that a child can write them down. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Our first canticle is a canticle from Evening Prayer found on page 24 of Celtic Daily Prayer. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing your praises, O God. God is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God is the refuge of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In the shadow of your wings, I will sing your praises, O God. One thing I ask of God, one thing I seek, to dwell in the presence of my God, to gaze on your holy place. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing your praises, O God. I believe I shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Oh, wait for God. Have courage and wait. Wait for God. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing your praises, O God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 22. 
These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the deepest darkness has been reserved, for they speak bombastic nonsense. And with licentious desires of the flesh, they entice people who have just escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption, for people are slaves to whatever masters them. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overpowered, the last state for them has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment that was passed on to them. It has happened to them, according to the true proverb, the dog turns back to its own vomit, and the sow is washed only to wallow in the mud. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Our second canticle is found in the morning prayer of Celtic Daily Prayer. It's actually in books both one and two. I just happen to be reading to you out of book two. It's found on page 867. Christ as a light illumine and guide me. Christ as a shield overshadow me. Christ under me, Christ over me, Christ beside me on my left and my right. This day be within and without me, lowly and meek yet all-powerful. Be in the heart of each to whom I speak in the mouth of each who speaks unto me. This day be within and without me, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Christ is a light, Christ is a shield, Christ beside me on my left and my right. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 15. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, John sent word by their disciples and said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf, are, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, 
The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John came. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Friends, I am not sure what to say about our readings today, so I pray that the Holy Spirit may have something to say and that I may make the way clear for the Spirit to speak. Let's start with Psalm 40, which is described in my commentary as a thanksgiving with the plea for further help. I think that's often the way we feel. Thank you. I see that you have saved me. I have gratitude for the saving that you have done, and I pray for more. (laughs) And I think God is is good for that. God gives us more. God saves us again and again. God rescues us and continues to rescue us. And as the psalmist says in verse 6, God has given us an open ear. And I think during this time it It's so difficult. So many of our emotions get twisted up and tangled together. And it's so easy to get out of rhythm, to feel off kilter. So I pray now that we speak into the listening ear of God, that we cry out and we allow God to sort through these things with us. Psalm 54 is a reminder that God has saved, that God has delivered us, that we have looked with triumph on our enemies, that those things that have assailed us, shame and fear, all of it, whatever your personal struggle, God has fought on our behalf. God has been victorious and we are victorious that victory is handed from God. And I know, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I know sometimes it feels like the struggle is just ongoing. Have faith, my friends. Our immortal souls are safe with God. We can rest in God's embrace. We can give all that troubles us to God. And God will take it and use it. And the description of war and its devastation in a reading from Isaiah, I think is the way I see it at least. Is a way... of describing how God takes everything and uses it for God's good. I know it might be kind of hard to see that. Um, I 
because it's described as though the Assyrians were sent to punish Israel, but then the Assyrians got too arrogant, so now God's going to punish them. And I think, though, that this is a way of saying that in those those times, it says elsewhere in scripture that those times of trial are like the refiner's fire. And I think that's what's being said here, that in the midst of this terrible devastation, God uses the trial, God uses the strife to refine us. He's using it to remove pride and arrogance in, in this case and to or in what's described in, in Isaiah. And to remind the reader that true security is only found in God. That grasping for power, for idols, for any of that leaves us a wasteland. And I think it, it's hard to receive this lesson the way that it's wrapped, but it was very much um, near history for the writers. And so I think maybe it would have been easier. I'm not sure. But I think what's here for us today is that whatever difficulty that we're living through at the moment God is using to shape us for the good. God's work is always for the good. And so, as I've said many times before, when we enter intentionally as co-creators in this process with God, we can find a beautiful and miraculous transformation, even in the most terrible of circumstances. Let's not get into comparative suffering here. What you're going through is not the worst and not the best. Let's just accept that. But God is there with you. So let's not spend time rating the scale of our suffering, you know, saying, Oh, but my suffering is, is not as bad as this, or my suffering is worse than this. It doesn't matter what the scale of it is. In this case, there is no, in, in, there is no scale to God. God is there in all of it, and God gives all of it the same attention and gives all of us the same love. There's no ranking. And I think as we talk about the difficulty of interpretation, how sometimes a message comes wrapped in a package that's, that's hard for us to see past. It's worth it to acknowledge without shame that each of us receive and transmit differently. And so I think the question to ask ourselves is, are we transmitting love? Are we receiving love? And if not, 
then let us question this as being the message of God. And Peter speaks to this a bit, talking about false teachers. And there's some description of false teachers. And then there's a warning that it's worse to know and follow Christ and to turn away than it is to never have known Christ at all. And I think, I think that this is true. Now, people have taken and twisted this passage to mean that um, once you're baptized, if you sin, then you are lost forever. There's no redemption. You're just going to hell. That's not true. Let's just state that completely plainly, that there's no limit to second chances or, well, I guess when we say second, that kind of puts a limit. There's no limit to the number of times God will forgive and receive us. As many times as we can possibly turn away, those are the many times that God can help us turn back towards God and receive us anew. But I do think, and, and I do think that there is truth that Being lost in a wilderness of our own making, or as Beth Moore would say, jumping into a pit. It, it hurts a little bit more. We're a little more, or maybe much more sensitive to being turned away from God when we've known closeness with God. And I think that that's the way it's supposed to be because we're built to be in union with God and having, having known that, then unknowing it or turning away from it, being without it is more painful. You know, there was a, a song in the late nineties. I'm trying to remember who sung it, um, about, if I'd never seen the sunshine, I wouldn't mind the rain. And we feel that way about loved ones. Like the loss of a loved one is so difficult that sometimes our poor battered hearts wish we'd never known them to begin with, right? But I think the truth is actually that we all start knowing Christ and that a lot of our adult processes of drawing nearer to God are unlearning or removing the things that have gotten in the way throughout our lives. And I think that the most important message here in second Peter and the other texts, because there are many that talk about false teachers are that it is wounding incredibly ruining to ourselves and to others when we teach anything that leads people away from God. And that when we wake up and realize what we've done, we're going to feel terrible. And I think that is especially relevant right now in our times Because there are people who take passages like this and twist them and use them to hurt others. And they do it thinking 
that they're doing the right thing. And this false teaching, this teaching from the place of nightmare, when people wake up from that, and some will wake up here on earth, and some will wake up in heaven, their hearts are going to be rent over it. I promise you, every person that has wounded a child of God, no matter how No matter how well-intentioned, we'll hurt for it later. For example, every person that has cast out a sibling of the LGBTQ community has told them that their sexual orientation or their gender orientation or their way of loving made them unholy will suffer for it. Not because God will seek to cause them suffering, but because when they are awakened when they become aware, their hearts will hurt for the harm that they have done to others. Because our job here is to throw wide the doors of community with God. And every time we shut one of those doors, even if it's just in our own blindness, because, I mean, I know you know, we all know people that have done this with the best of intentions, thinking that they are saving people. But that's just not true. It's the opposite. They're losing people. I think particularly of a beloved of mine who 20 years ago when her father was dying, spent her last moments with him, railing at him that he needed to be rebaptized into her particular denomination so that he could be saved from the fires of hell. He was a Catholic, she was a Baptist. Until finally he threw her out of his hospital room. He said, come back when you can bring love. Not his exact words, but I'm reminded of Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach who have made their beautiful family community an island onto which only those who bring love can come. If you come carrying anything else, they say, fear or whatever, nope, drawbridge up. You're only allowed in if love is what you carry. And now that beloved of mine is approaching her own deathbed. And it is much different. Her perspective has widened. And I cannot help but wonder, although I'm certainly not going to 
put this suggestion in her head. I cannot help but wonder if she remembers what she was like when the situation was reversed and if it causes her pain. And this is the kind of pain that I'm talking about. The pain that awareness of our actions brings. But the good news is that God is there for us. God is there for us with forgiveness and absolution and most blessedly of all transformation. So my friends, let us test our messages Let all we send and receive be the messages of love. Anything else, let us know it for false and give it up to God to be transformed. Let us bring to God all of our sins. We said a communal confession of sin this morning as we began this time of prayer. I know I have something that weighs heavy on my heart. I, I am out of the rhythm of life right now. And I am struggling. You probably have noticed that because I haven't recorded in a week. I've recorded six half recordings and something has happened. And for me, at least right now, it all comes back to sleep. And I am a rotten monster when I am tired. And the other night, my son woke me up from sleep and I responded in a way that was unkind And I am suffering under the knowledge of that, under the knowledge of wounding my beloved. So God, heal us. Heal the wounds that we have done and heal the wounds that have been done to us. And heal our shame over having been wounders. Because we are all, at one time or another, the ones who wound. Clear us out, God. Let all that we receive and transmit be love. In your transformative and gracious and loving heart, use these wounds to bring us closer to you. Amen. Sorry, I kind of waxed on on that one there, friends. But it was certainly important and freeing for me to hear this morning. I hope that it was for you as well. Lastly, our reading from Matthew. I think this speaks to our messaging of love, right? Matthew, I mean, I'm sorry, John, the harbinger, the one who comes before Jesus preparing the way. I like what my commentary has to say about this, particularly um, speaking of verse 11, the leave, and, and let me read it to you again. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, none has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the dominion of heaven is greater than John. The least, the least, and this is for my commentary, the least are greater through having witnessed the kingdom's arrival in Jesus and through having been given the opportunity to act on that knowledge.
And then verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. As had happened with many true prophets, violence would soon be visited on John and Jesus. John is the Elijah to come before the day of the day of God. John ushers in the dominion. And I think this speaks, sorry, my verbal pauses, guys, forgive me, but this speaks not, not only, well, let me say it this way. This passage in our gospel reading speaks to messaging, absolutely, um, and the prophetic messaging of John. And I think we want to be intentional prophets of the message of love, right? That's what we've been talking about when we keep talking about this is the era that we want to usher in, the era of the true dominion of God, the era of love. Yes, all of this, absolutely. And also, I think this speaks of a working together that's really important for us to realize right now in this time of misplaced individualism, right? That John and Jesus didn't like stop and have an argument about who's the Messiah. Like they accepted each other and worked together to further the dominion of God. Heck, if Christ can have a partner, cannot we each share our work and the glory? The power and the credit? If Christ did it, I believe we can do it since Christ was the most powerful being to ever walk the the earth. I think all the time we get caught up in competition with each other in our workplaces, even in our churches, even in our homes. And we need to lay that down and look at each other and say, bless you. I am so proud of you, my beloved. You are furthering the kingdom of God, the dominion of God. I'm so sorry. You know, our... Our language is so patriarchal and I'm trying so hard and it's tough. Thank you. Thank you for bearing with me and God, thank you for helping me. So perhaps today we can both be prophets and we can see others who are prophets of love and recognize them and practice good teamsmanship with them. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us use in place of suffrages um, the prayers from Celtic Daily Prayer, Book 2, the Advent Prayers. Actually, before we do that, let's pray the prayer for Christmas preparations. Sovereign Jesus, ruler of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your dominion. We who hearts we whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, Come, sovereign Jesus. Amen. We make our hearts ready for the ruler of glory to come in. Through the doors of our heart, that they are made of only the simplest wood. We make our hearts ready for the ruler of glory to come in. We open these doors now, fully and completely, with all of our will and all of our strength. With all of our uncertainty and all of our weakness, we pray. Come dwell among us and be our peace today. The Advent Carol Within the deepest darkness, a glowing light is lit. The darkness cannot put it out or do away with it. The prophet said Messiah would come to set us free, to rule the world with life and justice. The sovereign of peace is Jesus. Wild desert John Baptizer shouted, prepare the way, level out the hills, fill the, fill the potholes in, make way for God today. This is the path that John marked, whose voice called in the desert, prepare the way for God, who cried, repent, for the dominion of God is near, and baptized in the river Jordan many who confessed their sins, and who pointed out Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God. Today, the third week of Advent, we light three candles. When our path is menaced by shadows, circle us, God. Keep light within, keep darkness without. When our path is targeted by conflict, circle us, God. Keep love near, keep hatred afar. When our path is threatened by worry, circle us, God. Keep peace within, keep fear without. This is the path that John marked. The dominion of God is near. This is the path the prophets marked, who promised someone to preach good news. This is the path that God marked, with light that shines in the darkness.
Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Collect for this the third week of Advent. Stir up your power, O God, and with great might come among us. And, because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Collect for the renewal of life. O God, sovereign eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. our prayer for mission, the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Dear God, we pray to test the messages we give and receive, and if they are anything but love, to give them to you. We pray to give and receive love clearly. We pray for your grace to transform our wounds, both the wounds done to us and the wounds that we have, and the wounding we have done to others. By your grace and mercy, may we be transformed glory by glory. Amen. Let us pray together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, 
to whom with you in the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. And the prayer of St. Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen you to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen.